You may be seated. And do we have an awesome band or what? We do, don't we? They're great. Hey, by the way, the, the video that they shot earlier, All I Want for Christmas, anybody know where that was shot? The women's restroom. Yeah, very good. Very good. Great, great acoustics in there, I'm told. So, uh, hey, uh, this past Sunday, December the 21st, uh, science tells us is the longest night of the year. But every parent knows that tonight is the longest night of the year. And so um, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the deal I'm going to make with you. Um, I'm going to do my best to, uh, believe it or not, I know a lot of preachers say this, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet and to the point. And um, just kind of cut to the chase. Um, in just a few days, uh, really not tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be awesome. We all know that's going to be great. But on Friday and on Saturday, most of you are going to be standing in long lines. Long lines where those presents that, you, that were all so carefully, meticulously planned and purchased and wrapped are now being what? Return, that's right, return or, or maybe exchange, you know, for uh, a different size, a different color, uh, maybe something completely different. Uh, the, the kind of the, the motto of Christmas season is save your receipt, that's right. Um, well, let me ask you something. Did you know that our God has a gift exchange program? Uh, it is incredible. It's incredible. It is, it's nothing like our gift exchange. Here's the deal. We bring him our very worst, and God gives us his best. You know, we, we bring him things that uh, we would never, ever really want to be a part of our lives, things that we're maybe even embarrassed of or ashamed of. We give that to him, and then he gives us what we always wanted. You know, it's sort of like you walk into a store on Friday or Saturday with that ugly sweater from Grandma. Apologies to Grandma's here among us tonight, but the sweater is ugly. Anyway, um, you take in that ugly sweater, and they give you like an 80-inch plasma screen TV. And God's exchange is even greater than that. And so tonight, really quickly, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at three very specific gift exchanges that God will work in our lives if we let him. Now, we could look at dozens of them. There, Really, the Bible is filled with them. But I think these three tonight seem to be especially appropriate. Number one, when we give God our worry, he gives us his peace. We give him our worry, he gives us peace. Raise your hand tonight if you're a worrier. I mean, let's just be honest. You, you worry. You got, that's, that's your deal. You struggle with that a little bit. Uh, listen to this verse, 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and your cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. Now, the reality is that sounds really simple, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds easy. You know, give your worries to God. And yet, probably, again, most people in this room struggle with that a little bit. We struggle with worry. We struggle with being anxious. It is a part of the human condition, especially, especially this time of the year. Now, in fact, just think about what we do this time of the year from like, you know, from Thanksgiving to New Year, okay? Here's the truth. We're a bunch of crazy whack jobs, okay? Let, let me explain. During this time of the year, we decide that we're going to have more parties during this one month 
than all the rest of the year combined. Okay, that's one thing. And again, I don't know why we do this, but we do this to ourselves. And during this month of the year, besides all the parties, we say, hey, I know. Let's write a personal note to every person I've ever met in my life and send them a card. And then if that weren't enough, you know what we then decide to do? We are going to completely redecorate the inside of our house. And then not only that, some of you go a step further and you redecorate what? The outside of your house. Again, all during this time of the year. And then we add something else to that list. During this time of the year, we try to buy a special gift for every person in our life that we love. And then added to that list, ladies, many of you bake you don't bake any other time of the year. You bake during this time of the year. You've added that to your list. And then right in the middle of that, as if all of that long list weren't crazy enough, you know what we decided to do to ourselves? Let's let the kids out of school for two weeks. You know? We are crazy. We are. Think about all that stuff. You're a bunch of stressed out, crazy loony bins right now, aren't you? You are. You're just ready for a nap. I mean, no wonder we worry. No wonder we stress out. So what do you do? God says, here, do this. Here's what you do. Get involved in my gift exchange. If you'll give me your worry, here's what I'll do. I'll give you peace. In fact, in Luke chapter 2, it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, what? Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, the word peace is a word that our world uses a lot. It is a word that our world is desperately searching for. But I believe it's a word that they don't have the slightest idea what it is. I mean, for a lot of people, the word peace really boils down to drinking enough until I'm numb and I no longer have to feel any pain. For some people, peace is just, you know, hopping from relationship to relationship to relationship, hoping that that next man, that next woman will fill this void and pain in my life. For some people, peace, believe it or not, is just working and working, and working, so that they can afford some of the trappings of success to prove to the world, hey, you know what, I am a somebody. And then late at night, they admit, I feel like a nobody. For some people, peace is sitting in a lotus position, uh, contemplating the lint in your belly button. Um, um, namaste. Anyway, okay, um, that was, my, uh, that was my yoga reference. Anyway, um, let me tell you what real peace is. You ready? Here it is. Real peace is a person. Real peace is having a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not going to church. It's not religion. It's not a long list of do's and don'ts. It's having a friendship with the Prince of Peace. It's becoming friends with God through Christ. Real peace is knowing that no matter what I do, God will never stop loving me. That's peace. Real peace is knowing that no matter what happens in 2015, God will never leave me. 
He'll never forsake me. Real peace is that is knowing that no matter what I go through in this new year, God will actually give me the strength to handle it. Real peace is, is living by God's word, the Bible, so, so that I don't have to, uh, so I can avoid a lot of the needless hang-ups and hurts and habits that mess up so many people's lives today. Guys, that's peace. And it's only found in a relationship with Christ. So my challenge to you today would be to exchange your worry for God's peace. You know, if that weren't enough, there's another exchange that God will work in your life. Number two, when we give God our hurts, he gives us his healing. We give him our hurts, he gives us healing. Here's what I've learned in 25 years as the pastor here at Coastal. Every single person in this room tonight is hurting. In one way or another. There, there, there's not a person in this room that, that's not hurting at, in some way. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. We all face hurt in our lives. We all deal with pain. Some of you are dealing with emotional hurt or pain, physical hurt, spiritual hurt, a relational hurt. Psalm 130 verse 1, in fact, says this, from a sea of troubles I call out to you. You know what? That is what life is like in this world sometimes, a sea of of trouble. But not only does God care about your worry, he also cares about the troubles that you're going through. He cares about that problem that you're experiencing right now, that pain, that difficulty. God cares. You know, when Mary first learned that she was going to have a baby, one of the things, one of the first things out of her mouth were these words, Luke 1, She said, he cares for me. His humble servant. I mean, I think she was totally blown away, totally amazed by the fact that, that God cares for her. A lowly teenage peasant girl. You know what? God cares for you. He cares for you. I hope you're amazed by that. I hope you're amazed at the fact that out of the billions of people on planet Earth, He cares for you. He created you. He knows your name. It's an incredible gift. I bring him my pain. He gives me healing. And then he does something even more amazing if we let him. You ready for this? Not only do we exchange our pain for healing, he does something amazing. He allows me to use that pain in my life to make an impact in other people's lives. Not only does he heal me, but he heals me in such a way. He, he will heal you in such a way that he'll use your pain, that tragedy, that pain that either you brought onto your life yourself or maybe something that someone did to you, he'll use that to bring about healing in other people's lives. In fact, I think that's one of the ways you know that you're really healed of that pain is that now you can serve other people and bring relief to them. In fact, 2 Corinthians 1, 4 in the message puts it this way. He comes alongside of us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. God uses the hurt and the pain that I go through to heal other people. What a beautiful exchange. My hurt for healing. 
There's a third exchange. That God will work in our lives if you let him. When we give God our grief, he gives us his joy. You know, the truth is, we all grieve. Everybody in this room is going to grieve. If you love anything, if you love anyone, you are going to grieve. In fact, think about it. The only way not to grieve in this world is not to love anyone. And man, that's a terrible way to live. But the reality is that grief is especially hard now. Especially hard at Christmas. You know, some of you are going through uh, your first Christmas without that someone that you love. And it's hard. And, you, and, and you've been thinking to yourself this whole time, you know, if I could just get through it, if I could just make it through this year, if we could just get through these holidays, I know what that's like. You know, I, I've been there. And all of a sudden, those people that used to be there, that you're used to having with you at Christmas, they're not there anymore. And you know what? I, I used to think that, well, the way of healing was just to wait long enough. And, uh, and then eventually the pain would go away. And it is true that, that time does help and it does heal some wounds. But you know what I found in my own life? And you know what I found in the lives of so many other people as a pastor here at Coastal? Waiting is just not enough. It's not enough. I, I've learned that I've got to give that to God. I've learned that that God's love is big enough to handle my anger, my hurt, my doubt. And you've got to pour out your heart to God, almost like in a prayer, and just say, God, you know what? These emotions that I'm feeling right now, these are so powerful. And the hurt and the pain that I'm going through, it is so real. And I come to you, and I'm bringing it all to you. And I pray that you would just help me make it day by day. Just give me your strength and help me through this. And do you know what's, what's amazing? You know what I found? is that any brief, tiny prayer just like that can make a huge difference in your Christmas, even this year. It, it really is the beginning of that, that exchange process where you realize that God is right there with you. He's never left you. He will not forsake you. He is there in the middle of your grief, and He cares, and He understands. Now, if that were not awesome enough, then he does something even more miraculous, e even, even greater. I mean, you'd really think that, well, you know, if I just bring God my grief and, and uh, he, he gives me his comfort in return, well, that, that'd be enough. That'd be great. Look at these next verses at what he does. Psalm 30, verse 11, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken my clothes of mourning, and you've clothed me with what? What's the word that he uses? 
joy. Listen to this, verse 5. Crying may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Or these are the words of Jesus. You will grieve. Okay, did you hear Jesus? You will grieve, but your grief will turn to what? Joy. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you something. That's shocking to me. I mean, in, in no world does that make sense, that grief turns to joy. I mean, you might think again, okay, maybe grief turns to comfort. Maybe grief would turn to God's love. How in the world does he make that exchange and grief turns to joy? That, that makes no sense. Well, here's what I've discovered. When I bring my grief to God slowly but surely over time, he has a way of reminding me of something. He reminds me that ultimately this world is not all that there is. That there is more to life. That, that yes, you know, if this is all there really is, then yeah, we would have a lot to grieve about. But this is not all there is. There are problems, there are struggles, but you and I as followers of Jesus, we are looking forward to an eternity where the Bible says there are no problems, no struggle, no loss, no crying, no pain. That's what we look forward to. Every time I take a grief, a loss in this world, and I take it to God, and I say, God, help me through this. He has a way of reminding me that this world is not all that there is, that this world is not my home. And then slowly but surely, that grief turns to joy. Only God can do that. Now, how? How does he do that? Now, in this case, the how is actually a who. It's who Christmas is all about. It's Jesus. Jesus turns our grief into joy. You know, that's what Christmas was all, it was all about. That's what it is all about. Look what the angel said at the first Christmas in Luke 2. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of what? Great joy. That will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's what the joy is all about. Man, we've got good news. A Savior has been born. Now, why in the world does anybody need a Savior? I mean, it says, that's why, you know, a Savior has been born with good news of great joy. Well, let me cut to the chase. The Bible says that our God is a holy God and that heaven is a perfect place. And because of that, only perfect people get to go there. I mean, if God let imperfect people into heaven, it would no longer be perfect. Now, that means something, though. That means that I don't stand a chance of a million of getting into heaven on my own. And neither do you. I lost my chance of perfection a long time ago. I am a sinner and so are you. Someone is going to have to take care of our sin problem. So God, in his great love for you and for me, he comes up with another plan. He sends a savior so that you and I could go to heaven on somebody else's ticket. Somebody else would pay the price, the penalty for our sin. Guys, that's the most priceless gift you could ever receive. The gift of forgiveness. And yet God offers that to you. He offers you that gift 
today and all year long, to have your past forgiven, to have your slate completely wiped clean, a brand new start, to be made brand new, that is good news. Now, how does Jesus do it? Really simple. You trust him. You trust him. Look at this verse, Acts 10, 43. It says, he is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who what? Everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Notice it says, everyone who believes. The word believe there means to trust in. How do you let Christ save you? You just admit you need it. You believe that he is who he says he is, that he is the Messiah, that he was crucified for your sins, that, that he was put on a, on a cross, he was laid in a tomb, and three days later he rose from the dead and he conquered death, he conquered the grave, and because of that one day you will too. You know what our problem is though? We're always trying to save ourselves. We're always trying to earn it. We're always trying to work for it. We think, well, I know I can sneak into heaven if, and we kind of have like this little imaginary scale in our mind, you know, like if my good kind of outweighs my bad, because ultimately it's good people, you know, that go to heaven, right? And so if my good outweighs the bad, maybe I can slip in. Here's the problem with that. God doesn't grade on a curve. It's either pass, fail. You're either perfect or you're not. And, and the standard, the standard of judgment, listen, it's, it's not you, it's not me, because we can always find somebody else that we're better than. I mean, you're thinking, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I'm better than my neighbor, I'm better than my coworker. I mean, right now, look to the person to the right and to the left of you. Some of you are thinking, I'm better than this guy. You know what? I'm better than her. Now, for those of you who think I'm better than him and her, man, your sin is pride and you're going to hell, okay? okay? Now, either way, the truth is, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, we blow it. We're sinners. The standard is God. And if he's the standard, if it's holiness and we fall short of that, we need a Savior. And think about it. If we didn't need a Savior, God would have never wasted all of the effort to send one. The very fact that Jesus came at Christmas, gave up all the glory of heaven, became a, a, a human, born as a baby, grew up, had pains and pressure and temptation, died on the cross, rose again at Easter. You know what that means? That means you and I need whatever it is he has to offer. The miracle of Christmas is not on 34th Street. It's in the hearts of those of you who put your trust in him. And he says, I offer you forgiveness of your past. Peace for your present and a home forever in heaven. If you don't get anything else I say tonight, I want you to get this. You matter to God. Some of you don't think you do, but you do. Your worries matter to Him. Your hurts matter. Your grief matters. And so He came to this earth seeking you. And many of you tonight, you've been seeking him. Man, what better time than Christmas to make contact? And some of you came tonight for a lot of different reasons. Some of you came because, you know, it's kind of the thing to do at Christmas, and that's okay. Some of you came out of habit or tradition. You came because you wanted to sing some Christmas songs. You came because you were invited by a friend. Regardless of why you think you're here, I do know this. You are not here by accident. 
I believe that even a thousand years ago, God knew that you would be in this place on December the 24th, 2014, and he brought you here because he wants to get your attention for just a moment in time and say something to you, something like this. You matter to me. And I know everything about you. I know all the good, I know the bad, I know the very, very ugly. But I made you. I made you for a purpose. I have a plan for your life. I love you. In fact, I love you so much that I want you to know me and love me back. And that's why I sent my son Jesus to this earth. To show you what I'm like and to be the, the payment, to pay the price for your sin. You, get this, you ready? You are the reason for the season. You're the reason Jesus came. And again, tonight, listen, I'm not talking about religion. You know, Jesus could care less about religion. All religion do will get you cuts in the line to hell. That's it. I'm talking about a relationship with God through Jesus. I don't care what your background is. I could care less. Listen, if you're Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Episcopalian, Hindu, or you got no religion, no religious background whatsoever, honestly, it really doesn't matter because what matters is this. Have you put your trust in Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Because all of these gifts... Peace, healing, joy, forgiveness, salvation, they're all wrapped up in Jesus. Can you imagine ever being given a gift at Christmas and never unwrapping it? I mean, that'd be silly, wouldn't it? I mean, if you gave me a special gift at Christmas, I mean, you really put a lot of time and effort into it, and you thought about me, and you, know, you went to great personal expense in getting just the perfect gift, and while you were wrapping it, you thought about me, and you took it, uh, and you came, and you, you presented it to me, you're all excited, and I took it, and I took it home, and about six months later, you come to my house, and there's the present unwrapped, uh, still sitting on the mantle or somewhere in my house, and you see it, and you're like, Chris, you know, why, why haven't you unwrapped the present that I gave you like six months ago at Christmas time? And I respond by saying something like, well, you know what? I just love the wrapping paper. And uh, the bow is so pretty, and it really kind of brightens up things here. It's just, you know, it's just awesome. And you're like, come on now, seriously. Why haven't you unwrapped it? And I say, well, you know, I'll, I'll get around to it. One of these days, I will get around to it. Now, as crazy as that might sound, many of you possibly go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. I mean, in fact, you've celebrated every Christmas as many years as you've been alive. In fact, you know all the songs, you know the story, you know what it's all about, but you know what? You've never truly received the gift. You've never personally opened it up. You're just enamored with all the lights and the packaging and the bows and the flowers and the colors and the sounds, and you've never opened the gift. What gives? I mean, you tell me the logic behind that. When God basically says, listen, I want to come and I'm going to offer you 
healing and forgiveness and peace and joy and eternal life and you never unwrap it, you will never be offered a greater gift than the gift that Jesus offers you. So tonight, very simply, here's what, here's what we're going to do. I want to give you a chance to participate in God's gift exchange. No long lines. It's just you and him. And I want to give you a chance to give God your worry. He will give you his peace. Tonight, why not exchange your hurt and begin the process of healing? Tonight, why not give him your grief and let him give you joy? And then most importantly, December 24th, 2014, why don't you lay your sin at the cross of Christ and allow him to give you salvation, forgiveness, an eternity in heaven? You can have that tonight. What are you waiting on? It is as simple and yet as beautiful and as spiritual and wonderful as a prayer. That's all it is. You know, God knows your heart. He, he's the only one that truly sees your heart. Why not give him your heart tonight? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the greatest gift of all. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Father, I believe there are, there are people here tonight who are ready to participate in this gift exchange. Listen, whatever you're worried about tonight, whatever you feel like you have to control, give that to God right now. Just in your mind, hand, hand it all over to him. He cares for you. Give him your worries. He wants to give you peace. Tonight, whatever has happened in your life, the hurt and the pain, Give that to him tonight. Just mentally uh, imagine and picture you, you handing it over to him. He wants to exchange it for his healing. Some of you are grieving. The pain is so, is so intense. The memories are so fresh and, and raw. Give God your grief. Let him replace it with joy. And if you're here tonight and you're ready to come home, if you're ready to put your trust in Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, to receive that greatest gift, to give God all of you, your sin, all of the, the stain, all of your past, He wants to give you salvation tonight, to give you forgiveness. Listen, cry out to Him. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I want to come home. I have, not only have I walked away from you, but I have pushed you out of my life. But today, forgive me, Father. I am a sinner. In fact, I, I, I've come to grips tonight with the idea that it truly was my sin, my 
mess ups that put Jesus on that cross. I am the reason that he came on that rescue mission. But Father, I believe tonight that not only did he die on a cross for my sin, was laid in a tomb, but three days later, he rose from the dead and he is alive. I don't understand all the ramifications of that, but tonight I put all of my trust and hope in him and in him alone. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more like you now see me, forgiven, brand new, clean. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for Coastal. May we be the church that you've called us to be. May we be the church that spreads the good news of great joy that a Savior has been born. We pray this in Jesus' name.